Welcome to Getting Real About. Today, we are talking to three successful ladies, so we are getting real about the working mom. They will talk about finding an efficient routine, feeling like the default parent, and the reality of mom guilt. All right, ladies, it's time to get real. Welcome to our podcast, Getting Real About, and this week's topic is the working mom. Um, we're so glad to have you joining us, listening to our podcast today. And I am Shauna. I am here to talk about life as a working mom. And I am married to my husband, Nigel. It's been almost seven years that we've been married. And we have a two-year-old named Kiara and now a six-month-old named Xander. So I am in the throes of babyhood and toddler. I think they call it three-nagers, but she's already a two-nager. She just has a lot of opinions. So I am just in it with the littles. And I work at Gold Creek Community Church, and I've been here for nine years on staff. So that's kind of my background as a working mom. But who else do we have with us today? My name's Kristen Dickinson, and I thought I would start out with describing who I am with my day it was kind of interesting. It was one of the busiest days I've had in a while, but it started out with my son, Roman, who's seven, waking up early, who hasn't woken up early in a long time with a headache. And then I got up to run on the treadmill and got some exercise. And then my daughter was up in the bed as well, all of a sudden, and then joining work early at 6 a.m. And I work for Boeing. I'm a chief of staff for supplier quality, and it's just bringing in parts from all over the world. And helping work with the executive and staff to make sure that they have what they need. So jumping onto that call and then driving my daughter, Callie, who's five to daycare, then coming in and working in meetings and jumping on this call just to then go right off this call onto another meeting and then to pick up my daughter and make it home. My friend will pick up my son so that I can have a very important all-employee meeting of about 400 people today at four o'clock. So it's a busy day. And then to, to kind of round it off, I'll, I'll have dinner with the family, but then head off to a woman in church and really get a chance to minister with her. So that's a full day. A working mom, that would describe it perfectly, I think. <laughs> and my husband, Brian, all along the way helping out. So. Okay, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm already tired. My name's Nadia, and I um, my day is different work, but just as full. I think that everybody, whether you're working from home or working out of the home, stay at home, mom, whatever it is, we all have those full days. So uh, like I said, I'm Nadia. I have been married for 23 years. My husband and I got married when we were practically babies. Um, my kids are now 14 and my middle son is 12 and my youngest is six. So we have quite the span of ages. We are going from sports to play dates to you name it, we're doing it. Um, I've been at my current job, I'm a high school teacher, actually. I've been doing that since 2005. And um, I also work part-time at Gold Creek as one of the kids pastors. I've been here for about 10 years. And I am a virtual accountability coach, health and fitness accountability coach. And I uh, do all sorts of things. And my day is, some days could be, um, I get up at a very early hour because my my schedule just changed. And I could not do stuff in the afternoon like I, I needed to anymore. So I decided a couple of years ago to start getting up at four in the morning, which is crazy. Um, and sometimes my day ends at 
five, six, seven, eight, when we have normal school in person, some days, some nights with activities, I'm getting home at 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, just totally depends. So it's full. It's really full. Wow. I feel like I'm here with the like high accomplisher morning people, the early birds. And I'm a little out of place because I'm the night owl, which is like a struggle (laughs) as a mom of a baby because they do not wait for no sleeping in. Um, I'm a night owl by nature. I I totally am a night owl, but my schedule is not conducive to that. Yeah. You kind of have to make those adjustments. And I feel the same way. I'm usually, thankfully, my daughter is taking after me. So she likes to sleep in but she also stays up late. But then I've got the baby. So I wake up all hours of the night to nurse the baby. And then we wake up, have to get everybody all together, pack up the breakfast, pack up the lunch, get out the door, bring the kids to daycare, stop my work in the middle of the day to feed the baby, then pack them up, take them home, get them down for naps, keep working from home, and then sometimes get interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually get around to actually like being a person outside of my job and outside of mothering. But uh, yeah, the days are long and jam packed as working moms. I know we all feel that. So how do you handle the balance between work, having a spouse, kids, home life? What's something you do to help with that? balance. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> Is there I don't, balance? I don't, I, I honestly don't. People always say that, oh, make sure you find balance or whatever. There's literally no balance. It's constantly one thing is going to take priority over another. Sometimes you're, you're needing that family time. So you make it a priority. So, you know, you, you put in your time for that, but other times work, you've got, like I said, on Friday, I had our modified prom and I was out until 1130 at night and didn't see my kids since I said goodbye in the morning at 630. So I don't, I don't know how people live in this balance. I think you have to accept that there is going to be more times that you have to put into your work. There's more times you need to be with your family, or maybe you need to make that time with your spouse. I don't know. What about you, Kristen? Yeah, I would say, how do I balance it? I try to find the most efficient way to go about my day. And Uh, The very first thing, I'll just be honest with everyone. For some reason, it seems like you shouldn't talk about it, but I have a house cleaner. That's how I balance my work and my day and my family. And I do things like the HelloFresh or, um, you know, Home Chef, anything I can do. Prepackaged, pre-made. Yes. That's how I balance my day. And every time I'm looking at my day, I'm trying to think of where I can more efficiently take out time of my day that is not uh, fully put to use and try not to waste any moment. And that's, that's one of the things I think for balance, but my friend did describe it as like a triangle. And if sanity is at the top and your clean house is at the other end of the triangle, and then your happy kids is on the other end, you can only pick two. And so which one are you going to pick? And often I pick my sanity and happy kids. And that means sometimes the house is completely a trash. Sometimes Uh, Brian cleans the house. More more than sometimes, probably. We did have a house cleaner for a while, and oh my gosh, what a weight lifted off my shoulders! Because you, like you said, you can't do it all all the time and expect to maintain this symmetry in your triangle, right? Yeah, and I think we have to let people know it too, because otherwise, I think you just do it all. Well, don't. Turns out, I don't. I just pay someone to help me, and it's local. I'm supporting local businesses, so hey, why not? Uh, It shouldn't be something we're embarrassed. That's why I work so I can make sure somebody can help clean my house. Yes, yeah, and I do feel like yeah, maybe it's not balance, but it's more of that cyclical. Like 
yeah, you're making decisions in the moment for one of those things that you're prioritizing, like you said, Nadia. I think that's so good. Uh, do you have any rules about not doing work when you are home? Well, this is Kristen. And for me, Brian um, has rules for me when I'm at home. <laughs> Thanks to COVID and working at home, I, I used to be really good at it when I wasn't uh, working from mm -hmm. home because the picking up uh, my daughter at daycare was the the timer that mm -hmm. would end each day. And I was really good at shutting work off. Working from home was really difficult and it was hard to turn it off. I would go pick up my daughter and come back and keep working. Mm. Um, but I'm thankful for a husband that really encouraged me to set boundaries. And we're trying to set um, boundaries on certain days where we know we can work longer, but then also certain days that we really need to shut off and, and participate in, in the family. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Nadia? I think it's really hard because for me in the fall, in a typical year, it's just jam-packed. There's no real boundary. Um, I can't just stop at night or literally the things won't get done for the the assembly that is about to happen or the week long of um, activities that we have planned for kids and stuff like that. So I do, since COVID, it's been really weird because it's been the opposite. Although there haven't been as many, um, those, those boundaries that are physical or, or, you know, the, like you said, you get in the car and you go get your uh, daughter, but I've been able to stop at like four or five o'clock and be like, I cannot be on this computer mm. any longer, or even sometimes three or, or like, I cannot be on a zoom call or I can't do this or that or whatever, or just checking my email. Cause emails are just insane. So it has been a little easier to cut it off and I don't have quite as well. I don't have nearly as many activities so that I'm not having to run to Costco or do all these things for school. So that sense, it's been a little easier, but the constant influx of technology, digital, like you have to be on your email and do all this stuff. It is hard, like on the weekends or at different hours, or even when I get up in the morning to do my morning routine, I kind of want to check things before I start my own stuff. And I've had to make sure I don't do that because then I just get off, um, off track and I don't get my, I, that's when I fill my cup up is in the mornings. Yeah. So. I totally I agree with you, Kristen, with the COVID situation and being fully shut down and fully working from home. Man, that threw me for a loop. Yeah. I feel like I did have kind of good boundaries before that. But then I also feel like I was never a better employee than I was during COVID. Like I was getting stuff done left and right, but I was I was about to die probably because I had a <laughs> 13 month old mm. at home with no daycare all of a sudden. Yeah. And for some reason, it turned into now mom watches her all day and dad gets a normal work hours. And so he would take her during lunch, his lunch. He'd take his lunch break, take her. I'd work for an hour. Uh, there were some Zoom calls I'd hop on and put on Elmo and she's in the room with me and I'm on a Zoom call. And then she'd go down for a nap and I'd start working and then she'd get up from the nap. I'd take her again and then we'd have dinner time. And I'd, I was good at disconnecting for like an hour or two until bedtime. And then I'd work after she was asleep till like midnight every single day. And I wow. was completely tapped out. Yeah. And so now I feel like I'm coming back from that yeah. of like, okay, but there were pros to that too of like, because I'm a night owl, sometimes my best hours are right. at night, but I'm also struggling with like, how do I give my family my best? Cause I want to give them those hours. Right. And so just like you said, Kristen, I'm kind of figuring out what are nights that maybe can flux or um, where it's okay to work sometimes. And I'm mm -hmm. kind of navigating that right now of just figuring that 
in my own relationship with my husband of like, okay, maybe I do need to have like one night a week where uh, he puts the kids to bed or right after they're down, I just start working and I work till 11 because I'm usually up. That's like my me time. That's my recharge yeah. time is after they go to bed and I just stay up for a couple hours doing nothing productive yeah. uh, or sometimes dishes. I get that like cleaning bug at 1030 at night and I'm like, I got to <laughs> clean the whole house. But yeah, I'm still navigating that too of like, it is hard. The lines are blurry. There's no clear separation of like, mm -hmm. when are you working? When are you not working? Other than if it's a set meeting. So that's definitely... Uh, a conflict that comes up in me of like, how do I make sure that I have that time dedicated, but also turn it off and give my yeah. family time? Shonda, it sounds like you kind of became the default parent. I that, did. That happens sometimes <laughs> to us women, doesn't it? Where yeah. We accidentally take on that role mm -hmm. or sometimes it gets put upon us because we're naturally women. Do you, do you feel like that happened in yeah, that scenario? Yeah, it's, it's very unspoken because it's never like a conversation of, oh, you know what, wife, you're like way better at this. So why don't you take the kids all the time? Like, that's not <laughs> how it comes about, right? Like we right. all have husbands that care for our children and they do stuff in our family. And, uh, you know, my husband, he's perfectly capable of putting kids down for naps and for bedtime and for getting their meals and getting them to and fro. Like he does all these things. But yeah, I... It's very interesting. There's actually studies out that even among working women, it, the odds are so much higher that that default parenting comes into play that when it comes to, you know, childcare decisions, schooling decisions, all of that tends to fall to the female. And yeah, I do feel oh, like yeah. I go through that a lot. And it's, I'm at the very beginning stages. Like you both have older kids. You've been going through this longer. So I'm sure you've maybe figured out a little bit better than me how to navigate that. But for me, it's started to become a continued conversation with my husband because I have to bring it up. It's usually this unaware thing that's going on and he doesn't necessarily see these invisible pressures that I'm putting on myself. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually just had a conversation this week and I was part of it. I was melting down a little bit and I was like, I need more alone time. I'm like on a day where the kids aren't napping well, I lose all my afternoon of work time and mm -hmm. I'm figuring out how to make that up. And I'm just kind of like, piling on and putting it out there because I don't always communicate it. And that was his response to me is like, you need to tell me these things, right. you know, you need to open up. And so we had a really open conversation about it. And he actually had an idea. So he's now as of like just a couple of days ago, he's putting down our toddler for the nap in the middle of the day every day. Good. And awesome. <laughs> normally maybe it's a default parenting thing. I don't know. But she melts down. She gives all the drama when I'm around. <laughs> so when I'm there, she wants me, even though dad's perfectly capable of doing the things. So it's going to be an adjustment. But I'm like, you know what? She can handle it. She can figure it out that dad's going to put her down for a nap and she doesn't have to freak out. And so, and that was his, you know, offering to the conversation if he brought that idea. And I would have never thought to ask that or think that he'd be willing to do that in the middle of his work day. And he fully offered it. So that was like, that's our first little token of, okay, let's figure out a new pattern here. And that's something that we're doing. But have either of you figured out ways of navigating that default parent situation? Well, I mean, it's hard because John and I have a totally different than typical, um, setup. I've always been the working parent. He's followed me around through being in the Air Force and um, I've had the steady profession where he just picks up work wherever we go. And um, for many years now, he's actually been the stay-at-home parent um, off and on, had jobs and things like that. Although I still make the decisions when it comes to 
where the kids are going to go to school or where, (laughs) I mean, I, I ask for input because I do want it, but we, we have this, like he does go to me because I'm, I've been the decision maker almost our entire, well, yes, our entire marriage. So I think it kind of has always just landed that way. Excuse me. And I'm trying to be, give him now as the kids are older, just really be more mindful of including him in those decisions and making sure that I'm not just asking him to go through the motions. I'm actually wanting his opinion, but it's funny because our youngest Archer will want to, if it's, if we both have to pick him up or if we're both somewhere with the same, with the car, he'll want to go with dad. Or if it's time to go to bed, we used to be before COVID, we were in a routine where I'd put Archer to bed, John would do the dishes and all this. But now John's just been home so much with him, with them. Um, He's like, but I want dad, but I want dad. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm mom. (laughs) Like you're my only one left that like is, you know, he's because he just turned six that just loves mom. And so it's, it's been, um, it's been, I think it's, it's been hard for us because not only do I have a strong personality, not only have I been the main, um, you know, working person, but I didn't have parents to see who's supposed to have what roles. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have that in my life. It was like, I grew up in a lot of turmoil and taking care of ourselves and doing things for yourselves and being independent. And so, you know, I'm one of those, like, I'm so glad you're here, but I could do it without you, you know, kind of a person. So that's been, I have to learn to lean on him a little bit more as we've gotten, you know, older in our marriage. <laughs> yeah. I, I would describe this default parent on in a story. There was one time I went on a work trip. I used to have to travel a little bit more. And I had set Brian up with everything he needed. I mean, my mom helped more than ever. I think I even made all the meals. I mean, I set I set the whole <laughs> family up. And when I got back, he said, man, I'm so glad you're back. I just, I don't know how how I can do this. It's a lot of work. And I'm like, wait a second. I set you up so perfectly. He goes, well, no, it's just this, just like this weight, like in my mind Mm. that I have to take care of the family. I'm like, oh, well, what you're describing there is what us women feel every (laughs) day. Yes. And welcome to what is in my mind. And now it's, you can transfer it back onto me. And so that default parent a very interesting mindset and hard to describe but Mm -hmm. when he felt it I explained it to him he goes oh I see it now I get it yeah I'm Um, excited about this I have a planned trip coming up and I've already prepped my husband because I knew it would throw him for a loop and I'm so excited because he's going to be stuck with the kids for like three whole days but he's like is there going to be enough milk for the baby (laughs) like he's panicking already and his parents they moved to Florida but they're going to be in town that week my parents are here like he's fine but he's just like well how am I what are the kids going to do while I work like where are they going to go uh, what are, what am I going to do? <laughs> it's so funny to me because I'm like, yeah, this is what I coordinate yeah, all every the time. Day. Yeah. 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 I I am fortunate too. Cause John, um, I think my independence is like, you're going to figure it out. So, mm-hmm. and so, and he has, he's been great. He, you know, and he cooks and he does all that kind of stuff that I, a, a while ago, I was like, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to cook. I don't have time to clean. Like, and I've had to accept sometimes the cleaning cause we don't have a house cleaner right now, but sometimes I've had to let (laughs) it go and be like, okay, if I'm not going to do it, I can't be, you know, you got to be okay with his way. Yes. Yeah. That's not always perfect. 
No, but I'm but trying. it's getting done. <laughs> I'm so it's better than nobody doing yes. it, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I feel like I put that pressure on myself too of like, not the cleaning, because who wants to do that? No one wants to clean. But <laughs> I like cooking, but then it's just a whole nother thing in my day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, now I'm thinking about when do I need to start the dinner and I want to cook something. So then I have to have the ingredients available and all that. It's like three more mental steps taken mm-hmm. just because I want to you know, cook the meal, but also I enjoy it. So it's like hard to find that. How, how do you find that balance? Of yeah. Like, okay, I want to have this piece of my day, but then it's taking all this more time. So I totally agree, Kristen, yeah. like the HelloFresh, that's like my Actually, savior. Cause they send me the ingredients. Yeah. I don't have to mm-hmm. go to the store and it's like perfectly measured out and Lower, I don't local, have to think uh, of what to cook. Yeah. Central market has the pre-made meals oh, yeah. too, then the yeah. bags. I've picked yep. those up too. We try to do that more lately with all the kids activities mm-hmm. because it's just it's just plus he coaches youth baseball. So then, yeah. you know, we're both just out and moving a lot. Um, totally. I actually, this strategy though, over I've I, this, I've used it with students before, but um, I kind of refound it again over this quarantine, this time blocking, which I think is super helpful if you're having a hard time with figuring out your day. And we were talking about uh, balance or whatever, or even like when to make dinner and things like that. You basically kind of color code your day where it's, there's, green could be time with your family only and red or, you know, red could be work time and yellow could be flex time. And you kind of chunk out your day so that you can see where's the time I really need to do or if, or if it's cooking dinner, like this time is dedicated to dinner, the prep and the cooking and the eating and all that kind of stuff. And it's a really helpful strategy for people who kind of need to compartmentalize their day um, and make sure they have a little bit of time for all the different things. Yeah. And I think it helps too with that the constant bombardment of communication, like you were talking about, of actually, if you check your email, I read some stat, I think it takes you out of your train of thought for like 17 minutes or something like that. Oh, Every time you check your email. Anything. Yeah. When you're so doing the text something, messages, yeah. all of those interruptions. So if you can like stick to a time blocking and even have like, okay, these are the 30 minutes that I check my email and then for two hours I'm doing whatever this project is and don't look at that and then email you, you actually away, get you way more done away. yeah yeah but it's so it's hard to do in practicality but it is it's a helpful tool for sure just that made me think of one more thing and I'll but my friend just started this other strategy that she heard about because of time with kids she'd kind of get that oh I gotta do this or I gotta check my email or it's, so um she started setting a timer to play with her, her sons that do Legos Mm. and things like that. So literally there was like an hourglass timer, 15 minute chunks that it was like, put the phone away, put the tech away. This is my time with my kids. And I was like, oh, that's so great. Because then the stories we have, those of you who have boys that tell Mm. stories, you put that 15 minutes, you just let them tell their stories. And you're, instead of trying to do something like, "Uh uh-huh, that's great. Like, is it ever going to (laughs) end? But it gives them that dedicated time. Yeah, I've been seeing that actually on some like parenting Instagram channels and stuff mm-hmm. of even like a 10 minute. Yeah. It's that intentional play. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes I feel like, I mean, I'm surrounded with my kids all day long. I'm with the kids all day long. But then in this conversation with my husband just last week, he's like, you don't feel like you have enough time with the kids? And I'm like, no, I don't have enough time where I'm like just with Focused, my kids. Yeah not worried about the house, not worried about Mm -hmm. like that there's dishes piling up, not thinking about the work project in the back of my mind, like just spending that time with the kids. And and you have to be intentional about it though. Like I love setting the timer because it's, it forces me to shut everything else Mm -hmm. off. And yeah, I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I was inspired by that. I think it's super helpful. Yeah. Here's my, my thought and goal 
try to get my kids to do something I actually like to do. Oh, <laughs> and, then, and then it won't be so hard to yeah. play with them. That's so why my, you yeah. set the timer and then you say, okay, then we're going to do it. <laughs> now we do my now thing. We do, now you play with mommy. I played your game. You get to play my game. Yeah, True. we. my son's into games now. And so we played something called aggravation, which is like, sorry. Um, and it's so much fun because I love to play games, but my daughter doesn't like to as much. Oh. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get her into something that I like to do. Um, in the evening. The other thing they love to do is snuggle. Isn't that silly? It's just sitting by them and snuggling. Oh, and that's the one I often have the hardest time saying no to. They'll, Mom, can you just snuggle me? And I'm like, yes. oh, hmm. Should I sit down and do nothing? Yes, yes. I would love yes. to. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes I just have my earbuds and just watch my own show secretly. And they're like, are you watching my show? I'm like, yes, it's so great. Nope, I'm not. I'm watching my own <laughs> but show. But you get your snuggles in. Yes, yes. So so awesome. they get their snuggles. But it is hard to put down what you're doing, mm -hmm. cleaning the house or, mm -hmm. or getting dinner ready or whatever, just to put it off to sit and snuggle. Yeah. Yeah. But it's super important. Yeah. I try to make time for it, for sure. Really? So how do you keep focus at work when you know there are issues going on at home or with the kids? Oh, man. That's a good one. I luckily don't feel like I've had a lot of um, problems like at home when I've been working. But I will say at, co at home, there's a difficulty when my daughter will come in the back of my webcam mm. and uh, will want to say or goodbye or yeah. just stand and dance in the background. And it is really difficult to keep on task and and talk as if she's not there. And it's difficult for other people to mm -hmm. listen when my daughter's just frolicking in the background. So I'll just hit it, hit mute and then yell at my daughter, oh, yeah. get out now and then unmute. And one time I did accidentally mute my boss who was talking oh. and then yelled at my oh, kids yeah. who were freaking out about a spider and they were screaming. So I muted my boss and then proceeded to mom voice yell at my kids on the uh, call. And, then, yeah. and yeah. then my boss said, somehow I got muted. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. I've been Sorry. there, done that, walking in, in the house, getting my zoom up. You know, there's kind of chaos happening in the house. It was a, a, a Zoom call with some student leaders and, and some things. <laughs> I thought I was muted. I'm going, yelling at them to do this or that or whatever. I'm on a call. This, oh, man, that that's embarrassing. But, you know, it's life. It happens. Oh, yeah. And we're not perfect. But as far as um, with difficulties and challenges at home and at work, I literally shut it off. Like, when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm physically at work, this whole quarantine has been a whole different ballgame. <laughs> but we've gone through some you know, the ringer, but I can, sh that just does not, that does not come into my workplace, which is, it's so hard because I can be this positive, upbeat, you know, focused person at work. And then you get home and this is normal. There's not like, there's anything wrong with me personally, but it cut your, you're faced with it. And then you want to approach it, you know, prepping yourself as you come, you're in the car and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have the calm voice and I'm going to speak to them this way. And I'm going to use positive, not negative. And then you walk through the threshold of the door, see all the clothes everywhere or whatever it is. And boom, everything goes out the window. And it's like all the chemicals bombard your brain and <laughs> your logic goes away and you start doing all the things and saying the things that you were just prepping yourself not to do. So I've worked, I mean, I work intentionally a lot on mindset and how to talk and how to say things in a positive way. And it, it's a constant work. It, 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 it takes a lot to retrain your brain when you've gotten into some bad habits. 
for sure. I'm already there because I've got a toddler and I already Mm -hmm. feel like I yell too much because, man, she's got some spirit and she's like extra communicative for her age. So she's just like telling her stories of everything that we should do all day long. And anytime she doesn't get her way, there's the meltdown, but Mm -hmm. she's communicating it so well. So I'm like, I want to honor that. Like, I understand what you're saying and I want you to feel understood, but no, we can't do your thing all the time. And then she, you know, pushes and she does exactly what she knows she's not allowed to do already. And I'm like, you are only two and it's only going uphill from here, I'm sure. But um, yes, it's, it's hard to retrain those habits of, the way I'm parenting Mm -hmm. and to make an intentional decision to shift my mindset Mm -hmm. of how I'm coming at correcting her or, you know, just trying not to yell, but still making sure that she, yeah, that she changes the behavior, you know, but yeah, it's hard. Someone had uh, pointed out to me that oftentimes when we yell or, or lose our temper, it's because we were trying to do something else. Mm-hmm. And our kids were distracting us or bothering us. V- very interesting. So I started paying attention to it. And it's very true. Now, mm-hmm. these things aren't necessarily important. It could be like, I'm watching this video on Instagram. And it's very important. My daughter's like, mom, mom, mom. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, what? And, and then, oh, whoops. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I, what, what was that you want? Right. <laughs> and I've started to notice, and you guys were talking about intentional play, um, when I'm focused and intentional, then I don't, I don't yell as much. There might be little things here and there that are correcting, but the yelling comes from I'm deep into dishes or a deep mm-hmm. into something and they're peeling me away from what I want to be doing. And right. I'm starting to pay attention to what is it that's causing me to yell and, and then stop what that is I'm doing and listen. It's kind of, right. I'm curious to know if that's ever happened to you. Oh yeah. And I've, I was just observing that with my daughter, with my son, my six-year-old just yesterday because the over repeated, repeated, and I'm sitting there going, well, if you would just acknowledge him the first time, but I've done the same thing. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where it's like, so seems so simple, just acknowledge them. And things that I, again, through my teaching program and everything else, get at their eye level, look in their face, make sure they know you're listening, all of those things. And when I do that, when I get intentional about getting on the level, looking body language, it, eliminates so many. I'm I'm especially trying to do that with our six-year-old because we've taught him all, there's five of us and four of us have taught him our bad habits. You know, (laughs) the way we communicate ineffectively and the way we are, you know, our tempers might snap. So he kind of mimics each of us in different ways. So getting on the eye level is huge and just giving him the face-to-face and bringing my voice down and even using a whisper sometimes is a technique that really calms, you know, younger kids down because they it like focuses their attention. So hmm. trying to implement some of the stuff I know hmm. in my parenting. Yes. <laughs> what do you feel is the hardest part of being a working mom? Oh man, There's so many hard parts. I, I think for me, the hardest part is and the, with this is Kristen with work is being away from my children. Um, oddly enough, I prefer to be a working mom. I know I'm a better person because I work. I'm a better mom because I work, but I do feel uh, an element of thinking I'm missing out on my kids or there's an, el- there's an element mm-hmm. where I don't get to see my kids as much because after work to do the things that I want to do, it means I often don't get to see them. So the hardest thing for me is that I don't see my children as much as I would if I didn't work. I think that's one of 
the hardest things for me. Yeah, I think it's for me, I th- because I can envision what I, I agree. I, I don't want to be the stay at home parent full time. I would love to have more time at home, but I don't want to be that full time at home. Um, however, I I envision like following the schedule and the routine and and meeting them at the door and being able to pick them up or drop them off and do all those things that I just haven't been able to do. That's just not what my schedule looks like. So having just that consistent, hey, mom's doing this every day. This one thing is just us or this one pickup time or whatever it is. It's never consistent. And I'm I'm there for their sports and those sorts of things. But um, just having that consistent piece of mom, I guess. I don't know. Um, or I always get so frustrated because we don't follow a specific routine because it would be so much more helpful if it was like at this time we do this and that and this, but I'm like, I can't do that. My husband's brain doesn't work like that. It just, it's never come together. So part of that is just me kind of wanting to have things a certain way and not being able to put those structures in place because I'm at work and I can't really complain about it because I'm like, it's, I can't, there's nothing I can do about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, confession time too. I remember another thing that is really hard about being a working mom. Uh, sometimes you miss first oh, by yeah. being a working mom. Yeah. And I just made a decision to miss my daughter's first day of kindergarten because there's a conference that's a John Maxwell certification. Oh, It'll be John Maxwell you can't pass and that Dave, up. Dave Ramsey. Oh, my gosh. And you I get to, to go. go and attend and I'm super excited. And you're missing the first. And I'm missing her first day of kindergarten. Yeah. But yeah. I intentionally made that decision. And then I, I have to think through, oh, am I a bad mom? <laughs> uh, some some people I know joked, yeah, you are. Like uh, maybe because yeah. they're in the older school <laughs> thinking. Um, but that's kind of hard. And, yeah. and then you have to think, is that society that's glorifying first FaceTime. a little bit. There's Zoom. Uh, yeah. It, it makes you think. Um, yeah. But I, I know that's hard putting your kid in daycare and missing the mm-hmm. first potential walking steps, missing first words or, yeah. you know, those first. I'm definitely in that phase where, I mean, we've got the baby books and they ask you about all the firsts. So you're keeping track of a lot of firsts yeah. and the baby phases like oh, yeah, those days. first rolling over. I, I missed that. And all week I was waiting for him to roll over. I'm like, he's going to do it at daycare. He's going to do it with grandma. And maybe they lied to me and maybe he did. But of course he was home. I put him on the play mat and then I'm dealing with the toddler and getting her down for dinner and get her out of the high chair. And I go back over to the play mat and he rolled over and I missed it. And I was home and I was like, (laughs) are you kidding me? I missed the first, but I was here. How did I miss it? And like, I was taking videos like half an hour before that. I'm like, he's going to roll. He's going to roll. I'm going to get it on video. I didn't miss it. And then I missed it anyways. But yeah, there is that, that guilt of like, I'm going to miss something. And then in the grand scheme of things, like when my kid is 18, he's not going to care about when he first rolled over, well, you know, that's we just really the mom remember. pressure. Yeah. It's just the mom pressure. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of life, but it is interesting how that kind of takes mm-hmm. its toll on you too, of like, I might miss the first time he crawls, the first time he walks. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so interesting to think about how we put that pressure on ourselves to feel like we have to be there for every single one of those firsts. Right. Yeah. And sure. I never thought I'd be so upset anytime I'd get something from my school asking us to attend a Mother's Day thing. Mm-hmm. Like it should be really cute. And I'm like, oh no, oh. now I can't make it. 
oh, and so I'd send my mom and that that made so much fun for my mom to attend a Mother's Day thing. But oh, I start to dread anytime they ask parents to come in or do anything during work time. Because sometimes my my work is super flexible, Mm -hmm. but it's that decision point you have to make where is this, is this, you know, John Maxwell, Dave Ramsey, is it important enough to to miss for whatever your child's first is or, or can it move on? And sometimes you can move on and still know you're a good mom. You're intentional with your kids. Mm -hmm. You're fine. It's just us one glorified for who knows why reason. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, did they really back in the caveman days go, you know, we're going to miss the first hunt (laughs) or something. I don't know. Like we put, yeah, we've just been so trained to that. The mom is there and the mom and the dad, everybody, they should be there, but there, you're not a bad person, a bad parent because Mm -hmm. you miss a mother's day event. I mean, Mother's Day is great, but gosh, I really don't need another flower plate or like. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So with that thought in mind of like, we've all talked about, we've chosen to work. We want to work. Talk about your job. Why is it important for you to work? Or did you ever say, consider staying at home with your kids? Oh, I, no. Because like I said, I've been the parent, like I've been the income. There is zero chance I could have stayed home. So that wasn't an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess it was, but we'd be living on a very low poverty level income probably because my husband does, didn't have a degree or anything. So it just wasn't an option. Plus I, my work ethic in general, I enjoy serving people. I get fulfilled out of filling a need. And so for teaching and in the air force and at church and all of these things, like there's lots of things I can't do, but I can roll up my sleeves and get to work. Like I can do that. And Mm -hmm. so I, if I was at home all the time, um, I think that piece of me would be, my gifts wouldn't be completely, um, fulfilled, I guess, or I wouldn't got it. I wouldn't be using the gifts God gave me totally. So stay, I would like, I would have liked to stay home a little bit longer when they were little, but, um, when they were first born, but not full time. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kristen? I told Brian, do not make me do anything else besides teaching. And I must be a stay at home mom. And I am not teaching. I work at Boeing. And mm-hmm. I said, I want to work. Don't don't let me don't make me stay at home. <laughs> I can't handle it. Um, I think it was like a couple of days in uh, after having Roman. I remember crying. I was super upset. I, I remember thinking, is this all? Is this all I do every day? And I was just really upset. And I, I was surprised by my response. Mm-hmm. Um, And I know some friends who are um, opposite of that, who Mm -hmm. are, who thought they wanted to work and, and absolutely wanted to stay at home. And it's just amazing what your life turns and changes your perspective on things. But for for me, I love the, I think I've realized that God's given me certain gifts and they're not used in the area that I thought they were going to be used of teaching, but they're used through corporate world and Boeing and it's brought me a lot of um, insight, I feel like, back into the church and into um, just friends that I wouldn't have met otherwise and skill sets that I'm learning and mm-hmm. growing in that I would not have gotten otherwise. And it and it creates a sense of purpose for me in mm-hmm. life. I don't yeah. want it to be my ultimate purpose, that's for sure. But it does create a sense of purpose of what I'm doing in, in my day and for my own development. So for me... Uh, I I was meant to work. I didn't know it until yeah. I 
had to experience. Yeah, I agree with you about the maternity leave thing. Like you have a baby and then you're just home all day. And oh my gosh, if that didn't give me a glimpse into stay at home moms, like praise the Lord for stay at home moms, I couldn't do it. Like I was, I was in a funk when I'm with my kids all day long, every day, over and over. I feel like I lose that intentionality with them. I just get in this kind of haze where I'm just caretaking, caretaking, caretaking. And then I'm not even like having the fun, having the playing that I normally do. And I feel like returning to work, actually, it gives me the adult interaction that I need. And then I become more intentional with Mm -hmm. my kids when I have that off time because I've lost that daytime with them. Where, yeah, like you said, Kristen, earlier that I'm a better mom because I'm working. Mm -hmm. And uh, I realized that for sure with my first, I struggled postpartum with my first, I had anxiety and um, I'm just not a newborn person. Like, gosh, I wish maternity leave was like a year later because actually when I stayed (laughs) home with COVID, I had so much fun with my daughter in that Mm. age. Like it was a crazy season because of being home all the time and still working full time on top of being home with her. But I got to experience so much of through her window into the world, what she was learning and like right when she was starting to walk and then we'd go outside every day and I just saw her like opening up and learning and growing so much. But like, yeah, the baby stage, when you they first come out, they just, they're like a lump. They don't do anything. I've never been a newborn person. <laughs> and so I'm like ready to come back yeah. by the time my maternity leave is over. And then I try to be that intentional of like, okay, I'm going to take all my vacation time because I'm going to max out the time that I do have with my kids and make sure that I'm devoting that time to my family. And I think that that's been a huge kind of light bulb for me of, yeah, growing up, I always said I wanted to be a mom. That's the only thing I knew I wanted to be. And now that I'm a working mom, it's like, no, I know this is my calling. I know I was supposed to do this. I know I'm supposed to be in ministry and leading other people, helping other people grow. And I'm able to use those talents and gifts here too. So I totally I feel that. I feel yeah. that amongst all of us that we I, get to use different gifts because we're in the workplace yeah. for sure. I can't imagine being the one to, to figure out the crafts and the experiments and the all the things that stay-at-home parents do to like keep their kids learning and engaged and all those things. I'm a teacher and I'm like, I don't want to homeschool. I don't want to come up with the crafts. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I, I teach lot. high school for a reason. I love our kindergarten program at the church here. They send stuff home that I would never come up with on my own. So, and stay, I've seen stay at home parents who do the same thing. And I'm just going, that's your gift. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you get to do that. And that's not for me. Yeah, for sure. So what about the stigma of the working mom? Why don't men face the same challenges as women? Well, I mean, I just, I'm... I think it could just comes back to how our society has de- developed over time, right? I mean, it's especially ingrained in the early 1940s, 50s that the mom, the, the, the apron and all of those things. And just like we were talking about brain patterns earlier, those things don't go away overnight. Mm-hmm. That doesn't just, oh, now moms are working and you're independent. That's we we get we've seen a certain thing and there weren't jobs for women. There weren't places in politics for women. And it's going to take a long time for that to shift. And it's shifted a lot, but it's, it's still the basis. Plus instinctually, I know this doesn't, isn't for every single person, but instinctually moms carry the baby. They help, they have the baby. There's the baby's supposed to be with them. They have the food they have. I mean, this is sort of off topic, but just knowing a 
alone, your own body produces the exact nutrients that your baby needs at every single stage. And I know that there's some women who aren't able to produce their own milk, but you're made to care for the child. So I don't, I don't think it's an easy shift to then be like, well, then just stop what you're doing and go back to work. And yeah, especially uh, with older generations where that's all they knew is mm-hmm. the mom, the parents stayed home. And then it's that continual conversation. Like we've talked about of like, just because it doesn't automatically shift, you have to open up that conversation with your spouse to have intentionality about your partnering to see, okay, how can we shift mm-hmm. to this? Knowing that I'm working, knowing that I don't have the freedom to do every single thing on the list that's normally there for every mom that's mm-hmm. in the background of our minds that we know needs to get done. And how do we continue to figure out new patterns and new ways of doing things? Because it doesn't happen automatically. We can't just expect the shift to all of a sudden be, okay, now everything's 50-50. That's completely unrealistic. Right. It's never going to be 50-50, but um, there's going to be things that our partners can own, but it has to come through conversation, mm-hmm. I feel like. I think a lot of the stigma it comes out of insecurity in women where if I'm a working mom, I'm insecure about it. So I want to downplay how how a woman is staying at home or a parent staying at home because I feel I'm insecure about my own parenting so I'll maybe inappropriately talk about it and maybe vice versa. A woman who's staying at home um, is insecure about her role or her value and will downplay or, or um, maybe inappropriately talk about working moms. And so then we get all these shots that we shoot over the, the bow at each other um, when really uh, I've seen it. We just thrive where we thrive mm-hmm. and we survive where we need to survive, even if we didn't choose that specific thing. And then also, um, I think we I, there was a, that Lean In book by Sheryl Sandberg, I think her name was, but talked about, Nadia, in your case, like we have to get used to uh, men staying at home and mm-hmm. being the stay-at-home parent and how yeah. important that is. And we can't downplay that either because we need that to survive mm-hmm. at work. Um, but I know I when we just talked about returning to work at Boeing, uh, all of the people I work with, none of them have kids. Um, all of the mm-hmm. women who are mm-hmm. leaders... Uh, typically don't have kids. Uh, Some of them do. But I had to remind a room full of men that going back to work in mid-summer is going to be really difficult Mm. when I had plans to just be able to have the kids at home. And that's that's kind of an embarrassing or hard moment to speak up. And nobody likes to stand out. Just a reminder, it's also summer. And some of us have kids. Really, actually, it's just Just me. me. (laughs) Well, you're talking about insecurities. I was, uh, we were in a small group a while back, several years ago, and I was the only working mom. Mm. And I have always sort of related to males anyways. I've been in the military, my family on my mom's side, all uncles and stuff. But I always felt it, I created it, my own insecurity, like they're there, they're talking about all these experiences or they have this and a lot of their experiences, John could relate to. Mm -hmm. And I, of course, Mm -hmm. could relate to the male experience. And so it's one of those things where you do kind of feel like, gosh, maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I should do this more or try this or do a craft or whatever. And we, we just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and then comfortable being who we are, living out our gifts, acknowledging that the, yeah, the, the dad can stay home or maybe you both need to be working. So you have to get, you know, full-time childcare or whatever the case may be, praying about it, 
asking God what's right for your family and accept, not just accepting, figuring out what your gifts are because you will be fulfilled. Your kids will be fulfilled and they will see the example that you set when you're living out your purpose in life. Yeah. Do you feel that you've ever had a time where you've held back at work because of your motherhood journey? Oh, for me, for sure. Uh, we talk about this all the time, my husband and I. Uh, there, there were multiple times in which I passed up a manager job because it was in Renton. It was too far of a drive and that was too mm-hmm. much to take away for. Then you have to put our kids in extra t- daycare time. Well, nope, that's not going to happen. So it's not a decision mm-hmm. for us. Um, or right now I work every other Friday off. Well, if I became a manager, I can't do that. We didn't have childcare on third on Fridays. So can't, can't become a manager because there's not a flexible enough work schedule. Um, any, any progression into leadership comes at a cost Mm -hmm. for me and my family. So that's an interesting thing Mm -hmm. to make those decisions to me constantly. Now, could I still do it? Absolutely. But it, it wasn't worth the risk at the time. Now that my kids will be emerging into both in school, well, that opens up a little bit of a door, but it's an interesting allowing my progression into leadership happen when my family's ready for it, which I don't think a lot of people have to make that decision. And for us, that was an important decision to make. But I I often look at these women who don't have kids who are uh, shorter time than me, higher up leadership than Mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow, that's where I could be, but I'm also very thankful. I wouldn't change the thing, yeah, but yeah. it is, it is a, something that you hold back. And I know in that same book, they challenged us not to hold back, but I do think you have to make decisions that are right for your family yeah. sometimes. I think there's also, um, being in the age of just having babies right now, I was really encouraged by a podcast I once, once listened to, I think it was Brene Brown, but she was talking about how you have to love what you're going back to enough to leave your kids because this Mm -hmm. is the most important thing in your life is these kids that you're raising Mm -hmm. and to have the commitment to leave them to go back to work it has to be something you love it can't just be something wishy-washy and so she was like encouraging like go hard now if you haven't had your kids yet like don't think that you should press pause on your career or don't take the next way up you know because you want it to be something that you're so excited about returning to that it makes it in some ways worth it because you're able to kind of go with your passions and go with your gifts. And I feel like I've done that over time, but also that God has protected me from the wrong decisions. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've gone into some decision-making where I had no clarity. And so I just went for it. I was like, okay, I'm just going to put myself out there. But I feel like God has really designed each part of my step to keep me where I'm supposed to be in my career right now and not put me in a position that would have been detrimental to my family at that time. Mm -hmm. So I've been thankful for that. Mine is more education. I could be, um, you know, getting my master's degree or something like that because I did not get that right out of high school or uh, college. And I've held back on that because the time, the commitment, I, Mm -hmm. I already am out of my house and away from the kids so much. And although that would give me a pay increase and open some opportunities. Um, I just, I just can't do that to my family. I don't want to do that to my family. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it comes at the cost of, um, because I am the main income. It's like, oh, but you know, I I can only reach a certain level in my salary right now Mm -hmm. without that next degree. But, um, it's tough, isn't it? You know, you know what you could get Mm -hmm. if you just had the time. Well, and and also even other doors that 
would open because just having that degree in my um, area of education, it's just not the right time. There might be a time, but it's just not now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So we're going to end with one final question here. What do you have that could just encourage our other working moms? What's something to encourage them? I think that it goes a little bit back to what I was saying earlier that, um, and kind of what you were saying, you have to have fulfillment, satisfaction, know that you're doing what you're called to do. And when you have that in your life, there, there's, there should be no doubt or question if you're doing the right thing or a good mom or whatever it is. If you're having a struggle internally that you don't know if you're, this is the thing for you, um, it's not to say, hey, quit and stay at home, but maybe it's to push yourself to to look further at what your your goals, your passions, what you example you want to set for your family, the things that you want to do. Don't or keep going for those things that you are passionate and fulfilled with and find the way to get the teeter-totter or the triangle or the balancing or the priorities, get those in line, however it fits best with your family. I was thinking mom guilt is real. It's a real thing until you look at it just in a slightly different lens. So there can be an element, like I mentioned earlier, where I can think, well, I don't spend as much time with my kids or I'm not as good of a mom because I work. Well, what if I think about it differently? What if I was at home? Would I be a worse mom? I I believe about myself, I 100% would be a worse mom than how I show up now that I work. So now I don't have to feel guilt about that because I've I've really rethought about that. Uh, now there are some guilt things that do drive me to change some actions mm-hmm. and those are good, but most of the mom guilt is not real. And so <laughs> I would just encourage anyone listening, if you're feeling that guilt, just take a second to ask the question, is it driven by society or your own thoughts or just start to poke at that guilt. And if it is something to change, then make every effort to change it because our kids and family are important. But if not, then just laugh about it a little bit. Change your perspective. My thing is just as we've been talking about the intentionality, just making sure the time that I'm home that you can be intentional. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking through, I'm so glad it's summer because I've noticed I'm a worse mom when I'm I tend to sit in front of the TV too much and my kid loves Elmo, you know, all the things she asked me to play for her on the TV. But when we go outside, she doesn't ask for any of that. She just explores. And I'm just so excited to have more of that time throughout the summer. And it helps me to be a better parent when I can just get out or plan some activity outside of the house mm-hmm. uh, on my time off. So that's my big takeaway is just to use the time you have intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just true no matter what stage you're at in mothering. So thank you everyone for joining us today. Um, I was really encouraged by having this conversation with you ladies about being a working mom. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Thanks for listening for anyone. Yeah. If you listen, it's fun to share. For sure. And our next Getting Real About topic, you won't want to miss. It's going to be Teens and Technology Part 1, which is going to air Wednesday, July 14th. So thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.